manipulating these channels in the poses, what it basically is doing, and this is the easiest way that I find to describe it to my students when I teach Yin, is that I want you to think of these meridian channels like little tiny garden hoses that run through your entire body. Welcome to another episode of the Yinning at Life podcast. I can't tell you just how much of a vibe this is to be able to have this space here to help support you in your healing journey, whatever that journey is for you. Um, I know that yin yoga can help you. And so this episode is really special because I want to talk about the infamous stretch. Like everybody thinks yin is all about the stretch. Well, I'm here to tell you, it's a whole lot less about the stretch of your body and a whole lot more about the stretch of your mind and your life. So, Grab your favorite bevy, get cozy on the couch, and let's dive in. So my journey with yin yoga was like, oh geez, like almost 30 years ago now. Like I'm really dating myself here. <laughs> um, I wasn't a yoga teacher at the time, but I was definitely an avid yoga practitioner. Um, as many people do, I worked in the corporate world and I had a super stressful job and I was like, I need something to calm me the F down. And a friend of mine had said, why don't you try yoga? And I was like, okay. And she's like, come to hot yoga. And I'm like, hot yoga. I'm like, okay. She's like, yeah, it's like 108 degrees in there. And I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, I don't know if I can actually do that. She's like, you'll love it. You'll sweat and you'll just, you'll feel so good. I was like, all right, hey man, I'm open. Let's roll. So that was Bikram yoga. That was my first exposure. And I did it for about three years. And then quite frankly, I was like, eh. I'm like, I kind of need something different. So I got into the Ashtanga world, which was an even more powerful practice and Quite frankly, I do believe that you have to have a very specific kind of body to really do Ashtanga. It really is for the long-limbed people. And I don't have long limbs. So anyways, I tried it. I enjoyed it for a little bit. And then one day I thought, okay, I'm gonna give Ashtanga one more chance, just one more chance and see. So off I went to the studio that I was practicing at and I rolled into my Ashtanga class and rolled out my mat and there I was, I was waiting for Ashtanga series level one, primary series, which is what I did. And in walks this teacher who was not the regular teacher, was a sub teacher, and he rolls out his mat and everybody sits down and I'm like, why is everybody sitting down? And he's like, okay, let's start in tadpole. And I'm like, tadpole? I'm like, what the heck is tadpole? 
Ashtanga primary series. We're supposed to be standing up here. This is like, you know, Surya Namaskar 1. Lots of down dogs. And he's got us sitting. I thought, oh, well, you know, he's a sub. Maybe he's just starting off class a little different. So I was like, let's just go with it. Next thing I know, you know, we're like in a yin pose in this tadpole position, which is commonly known as a wide knee child's pose. And I was like, okay, I guess he's starting off the practice a little different. Okay, all right, I'm gonna roll with it. Next thing I know, it's like, you know, two minutes later and I'm like in my head going, what the heck is happening here? Like, why are we not moving? Why are we not standing up? Why are we not flowing? Couple more minutes comes, goes by, and all of a sudden he's like, and take a deep breath in. And as you take a deep breath out, slowly rise up. And I'm like, okay, now we're gonna move. Next thing I know, it's like, all right, let's move into dragon. And I'm like, dragon, dragon. Next thing I know, I'm in a low lunge position. One knee down, the other leg forward. And I look around and everybody's got their hands on blocks. So I was like, okay, I'll put my hands on the blocks, even though my hands could be on the floor. And I'm like, all right, okay. And you know, a couple of minutes go by and I'm like, all right. Like, first of all, I'm like, this is intense. Secondly, I'm like going, what is going on? Because this is clearly not <laughs> Ashtanga. What is this? What is happening? We got out of the pose. Next thing I know, we're moving into the other side of dragon. All right. I'm like, okay, I guess symmetry, whatever. And I'm like, all right. I'm thinking maybe he's just warming us up a little bit, you know, cause it was a colder day and you know, Ashtanga is like, you know, it's a, it's a vigorous practice, but you know, it can be hard on the body if you're not warmed up. So next thing I know, it's like a half hour into the class. And back then classes were always 90 minutes. And it's half hour and we've done a series of poses that have nothing to do with Ashtanga. And I'm like, all right, I'm clearly not in an Ashtanga class. I don't know what this class is. I'm not gonna get up and leave because first of all, that's rude and disrespectful to the teacher. And secondly, I'm like, I don't know, maybe I could learn something in here. So I'm like, let's just roll with it. So the practice continues on. And as I kind of settled my mind to the idea that I was no longer in Ashtanga class, that I was in something different, I was like, okay, let's just go with it. And pose after pose after pose. And about an hour into the practice, I started to feel something. I was like, this is different. This is different than anything I felt in any other yoga practice. Like, Sure, I'm like, I'm feeling stretched out, but like, there's something else happening here. I don't know what that is, but it's actually kind of cool. And I really don't know how to describe it, but I don't know, feels good. Finally, the class ends and I'm laying there in Shavasana and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know what this class was but I'm gonna find out because 
I felt stuff moving through my body. It was like a wave. And more so, I felt really calm. Like really calm. Like not the kind of calm that I used to get from just, you know, like moving my body in a, in a, a flow class or sweating it out in the hot room. I was like, this is like an inner calm like an inner stillness in my mind, but even deeper than that. But I didn't know exactly what that was. So the class ended and I thought, you know what? I'm gonna go and talk to the teacher. So I went up and I said to the teacher, I'm like, this was not Ashtanga. He's like, no, he's like, this is Yin. He's like, the schedule changed. And I went, oh, I'm like, I didn't know that. And I said, what's Yin? He's like, well, he's like, you hold these poses for a few minutes at a time. And I'm like, yeah, I got that. And he's like, you know, you're stretching out the connective tissue and the fascial layers in your body that, you know, hold your muscles in place and basically hold your body in place. So it's like the glue of your, of your body. I'm like, okay. And I said, so the long held stretch stretches out that connective tissue and makes you more flexible, right? He's like, yes. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm like, that's kind of not really what I experienced in this class. Like I said, sure, I, you know, I felt stretched out, but I said, I'm, I'm really flexible. So for me, like, I was like, yeah, sure, I'm feeling a stretch, but I was like, there's something else happening here. Like there's something else that I can't really explain. And he's like, oh, he's like, you've discovered the other side of yin yoga. And I'm like, what? The other side? The other side? There's another side? What's the other side? He's like, well, he's like, I don't have a lot of experience with that because I'm not the teacher who actually normally teaches this class. I'm actually subbing this class for the teacher who normally teaches it. And she teaches it more from this perspective of this other side. And I'm like, well, what's the other side? He's like, well, in a brief nutshell, He's like, your body has these energetic lines that run through the connective tissue and the fascia. And I'm like, okay. He's like, and these lines can get blockages in them. I'm like, okay. And he's like, these lines feed up into the organs in your body. I'm like, okay. And he's like, and this facilitates balance and homeostasis in the body by clearing out the blockages. I was like, okay. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. That's not really the greatest description. But he's like, if you come back to class next week, he's like, the teacher who normally teaches this class will probably give you a little more guidance and insight. I'm like, okay. I'm like, thanks. So of course I ran home and what did I do? The first thing I did was I got onto my computer and I started to Google the other side of yin yoga. And I thought, I don't know what I'm going to find here, but I'm going for it. Next thing I know, I land on this website, Sarah Powers. She's a yin teacher, she's a meditation teacher, she's a Buddhist, um, she's a yoga teacher, quite well known actually in the US. And she starts talking about traditional Chinese medicine meridian theory and how these energetic lines, as this other teacher had put it, were actually meridian channels that run through your body. And as they feed up into the organs, the thing is, is that in Chinese medicine, the 
principle is that each one of your organs has a primary emotional component to it. So you know that your organs all have a functional, like a physical function to them, right? But in Chinese medicine, it's not just about the physicality. It's actually about the emotion and the energy. And so depending on which channel, meridian channel, you're stimulating in a specific yin pose, you're targeting a specific organ set because they're all paired in Chinese medicine. And I'm going to go into a whole lot of detail about the Chinese medicine meridian aspect of the organs paired in a completely different episode. So stay tuned for that. So anyways, when you're stimulating these channels in the poses, what it basically is doing, and this is the easiest way that I find to describe it to my students when I teach yin, is that I want you to think of these meridian channels like little tiny garden hoses that run through your entire body. So they have a starting point and they have an end point, okay? And just like a garden hose can get a big kink in it, right? And prevent the water from flowing through the uh, hose properly, the same thing happens in these meridian channels. So it gets a kink. And now how does the kink happen? Well, that can happen from physical injury or illness, but it can also happen from mental and emotional dis ease. Yeah. And because in Chinese medicine, everything is connected, the body and the mind, it's all connected. One affects the other. So the physical affects the mental and the emotional and the energetic and vice versa. So I started to discover that yin yoga for me was about processing my emotions, healing, and releasing them. Because when emotions don't move, they stay stuck inside you. And over time, if we're not processing the emotions, they will create emotional and mental dis-ease, but then eventually it'll create physical disease, like a physical manifestation will happen in the body such as an injury or an illness, or even something really um, more serious, like something life-threatening, like cancer, for example, when we don't process our emotions. And so I was like, this is really dope. Like, this is really cool. Like, I think this is what I experienced in this class. I don't know what I released, but I must have released something because I feel so much different than I've ever felt in any other yoga class. So of course, did I go back next week? Of course I did. I couldn't wait till that Thursday at 7.15, let me tell you. So I went to class and the teacher who normally teaches it was teaching. And it just so happens at the end of class, when I went up and I talked to her, she was actually a student of Sarah Powers who had studied with her. And I was like, OMG, I think I've got something here. Like, I really think I have something. So back then when I was practicing yin, 
My life was stressful, but it was stressful from work. It wasn't stressful from my abusive marriage to an alcoholic or from the massive health crisis that I um, ended up in in 2022. It was just your good old fashioned vanilla stress from a you know high tech corporate job where there was no such thing as work-life balance. But what I soon discovered after practicing yin for a number of months was that I was releasing emotions that I didn't even know were stuck inside my body. But I was just feeling so much lighter and freer and at peace. And so I decided one day after class, I went up to the teacher and I asked her, I said, how could I study this? Like, and at this point, I had already taken my 200 hour half a yoga teacher training. So I was already a yoga teacher um, and I was teaching, I was teaching Hatha and I was teaching in the hot room and I was teaching flow, but I wasn't teaching yin. And I was like, I don't feel I'm equipped and haven't learned enough to teach this. And I didn't even know if there was actually teacher training. So I asked her and she's like, oh yeah, she goes, no, she goes, I, I offer teacher trainings and so does Sarah. And I was like, oh, and she's like, it just so happens that Sarah's coming into town in a couple of months to do some yin workshops here. And she's like, you could always come to those too. And I was like, huh, yeah, can I sign up now? And she was like, well, they're not ready yet. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be looking for those newsletters coming out. And so I continued my journey of practicing yin every single week, growing and evolving and learning so much about my mental and emotional health. And of course, physically, I was feeling better too. Not that I was, you know, in bad or poor physical health, but I was like, my body was just feeling different too. And I really felt like it was like, not about the stretch kind of feeling better. So I eventually did my yin teacher training and I was in love. I was like, oh my God, I'm like, this is incredible. I have to share this with other people. And I remember in one of my trainings with Sarah, I'll never forget this because it was the day that it literally confirmed to me that what I was feeling in my yin practice wasn't just all something I was creating in my mind out of hope. But she had said to us, and now we're going to move into twisted deer pose. And I turned and put my body into the shape and the next thing I know, I lost it. I burst out crying like you would not believe and I couldn't stop. And I was like, okay, this is embarrassing. And I'm trying not to cry in a room with like 40 other people, but I'm crying and you know, the snot's coming out of my nose and my eyes are running. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I can't stop this. Like, I just can't stop it. And she comes over and she puts her hand on my back and she, she gives me a box of Kleenex. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm whispering to her and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, this is so embarrassing. I'm sorry I'm disrupting this class. And she's like, you're not disrupting this class at all. 
She's like, let it go. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm letting go. And she goes, it doesn't actually matter. She goes, just let the emotions come up. I'm like, well, I'm like, I don't know exactly what I'm feeling, but it feels good to cry. And she's like, that's okay. She's like, let, let yourself cry. I'm like, okay. So she goes back to, you know, like guiding us through that pose. And the sobbing on my part starts to slow down a little bit. And then she says, and so this pose affects the spleen meridian channel, which is the organ set paired with the stomach that is responsible for the emotion of worry. And I lost it again. And this time, like, really lost it. Like, I'm pretty sure the entire floor of the building that that yoga studio was in could hear me crying. It was that next level. But at the same time that I was crying, I was like feeling so much better. And I was looking around and nobody was looking at me. And I was like, oh, thank God, no one's looking at me here. <laughs> but then I was like, It's almost like the, an anchor off my back fell to the ground and disintegrated. And I was like, I don't know what that was. But obviously I was holding a lot of worry. And from that day forward, I never ever questioned the practice of yin. I was never ever interested in the stretch. And I wanted to teach it this way. I was like, I want to help people clear the emotional baggage that they're holding in their organs. To get rid of the of the clogs and the heaviness and to experience freedom and peace and joy and self-acceptance and purpose and passion without all the heaviness of the sadness and the grief and the fear and the worry and the, you know, the hopelessness. And so luckily the studio that I was teaching at at the time, I had developed a really strong connection with the general manager. And I had said to her, I want to teach yin. And she's like, okay. And so I started teaching yin. And at first my students were like, not at all understanding of the fact that this was more than just a stretch. Because you see, yin was being taught at the studio, but it was being taught from the physical stretch perspective and that's what people were used to so i realized after my first class of teaching it completely outside of the physical stretch that i was like oh maybe that wasn't such a good idea maybe i need to kind of start to interweave <laughs> a little bit of this chinese medicine stuff in with the physical stuff so i don't literally you know throw the blinders and the headlights in front of people's eyes leaving them going, what was this class? 
and never coming back again. So I started to interweave a bit of the Chinese medicine theory in with the physical stuff. And before I know it, I had people lined up and waitlisted for this class. And I was like, this is what I want to teach. I don't want to teach Hatha. I don't want to teach flow. I don't want to teach anything yang based. I want to teach yin. And so for many years after that, I still was teaching some other styles of yoga, not just yin, just purely from a um, financial perspective. Um, but eventually I got to a place within my own business because I also um, am a reflexology therapist and an acupressure practitioner. Um, I was like, okay, I don't want to teach anything else but yin. And so I completely transitioned out of teaching any other forms of yoga other than yin. And I've been doing that now for, geez, almost probably 17, 18 years now. Now I'm really dating myself. <laughs> but I've been teaching it from this perspective, from this lineage of traditional Chinese medicine where we hold the emotions in our body and this practice helps us clear that out. And I can tell you, and I've said this many times in classes, I've said this in my Yinning at Life Collective Facebook group, which you are more than welcome to come and join. Um, I've said it in my online classes on my online platform. It, yin yoga literally saved my life. And that's gonna be another episode that I'll talk about is how yin literally saved my life. Not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. And so why I say that I don't care about the stretch is because I know there is so much more potency to this practice. And the way that I teach yin, and even the way that I approach my own practice is I don't care what I look like in the pose. I don't care what my students look like in the pose. I don't care how deep I go in the pose. I don't care how deep my students go in the pose. I don't care how flexible or inflexible my students are because it's not about the stretch. I don't care if your nose ends up down to the floor in a forward bend, or if you're more upright, I don't care. I don't care how stretchy your hamstrings are. I don't care how deeply you can backbend in Sphinx pose. I don't even care whether you can actually do the pose or not, because sometimes your physical body has limitations that have been placed upon it, from either injury or illness or just bone structure that you know what you just can't do the pose and that's okay and even as a yin teacher there are poses that my body physically cannot do and it's because of trauma because of injury that I sustained and now the way my bones have formed and shifted has prevented me from being able to actually do certain poses, even if I'm really propped up. And so 
when people say to me they're intimidated by yin because they're not flexible, I tell them, but I'm not trying to create flexibility in your body. I'm actually trying to create flexibility in your mind and in your life so that you can live that yinning at life vibe where you're free and where you're at peace and where you're not struggling every single day to figure out who you are and who you want to be. This is what the practice of yin is about. It's not about the physical stretch. It never has been for me and it never will be. And so for those of you out there who are thinking, well, I don't know, could I really do this? Yes, you can. You can bring all the props around. You don't need to have fancy ones. You can use things like books, blankets, bolsters, cushions, blankets, pillows. Those are all great props. You don't need to have the fancy yoga blocks or bolsters or straps. You don't even need the fancy Lululemon leggings. You just need you in some comfortable clothing with either a yoga mat on your floor and your fun props or if you got the fancy ones grab those and allow yourself the opportunity and the experience to explore what this practice can truly bring you in your life and for me, it's really now at this level about having created the freedom after the trauma of an abusive marriage and a massive health illness. And that's what this practice has become for me. And this is what I am now teaching others is how this practice can bring you self-acceptance and love a deeper awareness of who you are, compassion, contemplation, love, connection, peace and joy, but truly above all the freedom. Because when you can release the emotional ties that are weighing and holding you down, everything becomes free. Your body becomes free. Your mind becomes free. Your nervous system regulates. And whatever trauma is being held inside your body gets to be processed and released through this landscape of yin yoga, which I call meridian yin yoga, because I teach it from that traditional Chinese medicine meridian perspective. And so dive in, explore. If you want to know more, I will link uh, in the show notes, my on demand platform that you can go and check it out. I also have live stream classes that you can join into. And uh, I've got courses and master classes and even 
simple handbooks that you can download, so digital downloads that will help you understand meridian theory in the context of yin yoga. So you can always check those out. They are available in my shop on my website and I'll link that in the show notes for you as well. So if you know anyone who you think could benefit from this podcast, maybe somebody who's out there struggling with their mindset and emotions and could use a different perspective, please feel free to share the podcast, to give it a review and keep coming back because I have so much to talk about here. Like I could be here for hours, but I do want to respect people's times and I'm trying to keep these somewhat under, you know, like 35 minutes, which we're fast approaching here. So yeah, stay tuned, stay close and stay connected. And I will see you in the next episode. Oh, and just to remind you, this podcast is not a substitute or replacement for any kind of professional therapy or medical advice. I'm just a yin yogi at heart who's sharing her life experiences with the people in this world. And this is what my legal team needs me to tell you.